This is the Hoob It or Lose It podcast, hosted by Pastor Andy Hoover. Tonight, uh, we're going to start a uh, start off, kick off a series entitled uh, "Buried Alive" that I hope will communicate to you. Let me just be upfront with you. This is my hope at the end of this couple of weeks that will communicate to you and I as Christ followers, the importance of reaching our friends for Jesus Christ. And I want to suggest to you tonight that while your friends may appear uh, to be fine, uh, your friends may appear uh, to be having some success, they may appear to be doing well, uh, if they do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, they're struggling for life. They're struggling to catch their breath. They're struggling to find hope. They're struggling to understand what the purpose of life is. They're struggling to figure out why all of the hard work that they do in school and sports and part-time jobs and all of the hard work they do, they're struggling to figure out why any of that even matters. They walk through the halls of school. They walk around your part-time jobs with smiles on their face. But here's my thinking. If we had an opportunity tonight to just catch a glimpse of really what was going on, even though the outsides are smiles and everything looks great, if we had an opportunity, you guys, to, to catch a glimpse of what was really going on in their hearts and in their minds... I think we would quickly realize that not everything is as it seems. I think your friends and my friends, for that matter, are struggling to be free. I think they're clawing at the circumstances in their life that they feel wrapped up in and they feel all bound up in. They feel like they're just, they're kind of trapped and they're, they're, they're struggling and they're clawing at those circumstances, searching and hoping for something fresh. In the year 19, or in, sorry, in the year 1670, nearly 350 years ago, there was a guy by the name of Blaise Pascal, and he said this statement. We have it on the screen. He says, What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man a true happiness, of which all that now remains is an empty print and trace? This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there, the help he cannot find in those that are. Though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, he says, God himself. And so this was written in 1670. Uh, obviously, it's okay if we don't have it on the screen. I thought we had it. Um, uh, this was written in 1670 at a time when you could argue that things were simpler, right? Like nearly 350 years ago, like we have this image in our minds that in 1670 people, you know, sat around on their farm and milked their cows and read the Bible. Like that was kind of the extent of, of their lives uh, at that time. Yet, in his statement, we see evidence that there was a struggle, I mean, he wrote this nearly 350 years ago, and we see evidence that over almost 350 years ago, there was a struggle that people were, were struggling, people were searching. 
And how much more so, just think about this for a minute, guys, how much more so if people were searching and people were struggling 350 years ago, how much more so today with all of the quick fixes that people can latch on to? I mean, the self-help books and self-help stuff all over the, all over the internet and all over social media, you see people, people crying out, looking for affirmation. Have you ever scrolled social media with that lens? I mean, I know sometimes we scroll like primarily looking for funny memes, but like just, just take a minute and scroll whatever social media you're on and look for, through the lens of people that are searching. And people that are hungry and people that are confused and people that feel hopeless. We have a world full of people that do all sorts of evil things and have given themselves over to all sorts of evil things. Listen, not because they woke up that morning and said, you know, today I think I'm going to be evil. No, they woke up that morning in a search for happiness and in a search for peace and some sort of contentment. And they go to whatever lengths. Because listen, in the world that we live in today, I want you to understand this, you guys. It's not about good and evil. To a lot of people, it's about what can I do to make me happy? What can I do to satisfy this hopelessness and this, this, this hunger and this, this confusion that I have in my mind? And I love this because in 1670, Blaise Pascal like he hits this nail on the head. People are craving, you guys, people are craving something more than the helplessness that they feel. And as you sit here tonight, you, you, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. We sit here and we're, and because and, and, I do the same thing, we're trying to convince ourselves that we don't know anybody like that, right? Like you're kind of mentally going through your Rolodex of people that you talk to and hang out with and you're thinking, I don't really know anybody like that. You think things like, you know, man, my friends are happy and my friends are, my friends are successful and my friends are doing well. And, and here's the other thing, my friends are really good people. But listen to this, here's the deal, you guys. You know people. If you're honest, you know people that are searching for hope. And you know people that are searching for identity. And, and, and check this, man. We've got people that are searching for identity. And they're evaluating how God created them as a man. And they're deciding, is this right? Or maybe my identity is as a woman. Or, 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 or women that God has created as a woman. They're evaluating themselves and they're stepping back and they're going, maybe, maybe, maybe I was supposed to be something different. What are they doing? They're searching. They're looking. We have people that we know in our lives, you guys, that are searching for, for healing from just, just traumatic emotional scars that they have from their family lives. We have people that feel trapped in this cycle of depression. I mean, you know these people. Like, if we really are honest with ourselves, we know who these people are. We know people that feel alone. We know people that feel socially crippled. And they can't imagine a scenario where anyone at school is going to talk to them, let alone God. And we know these people. And you know these people, and these are the people, you guys, listen to me, that are upright, and they're walking around, and they're sitting in your class every day. But in reality, they're being buried alive in their own sin and in their own hopelessness. Yet they walk around upright with smiles on their faces. There's a tradition in um, many cultures, I was researching this, where the grieving family 
and the grieving loved ones will um, physically bury their deceased loved ones. And uh, they'll literally take kind of a shovel full of dirt as the coffin is lowered into the ground. And as it's lowered into the ground, they'll each kind of take a shovel full and, and the first person will kind of take a shovel full and they'll throw it and then they'll hand the shovel to the next person and literally six feet down, however wide, however long a, you know, a typical grave is, and they'll take turns digging the dirt back up and burying their, their loved one. They're, they're literally responsible for physically burying their loved one. And so imagine just for a moment that uh, everyone present at this burial kind of takes a turn and takes a shovel full uh, one at a time and and throws it on top of the grave until it's until it's just until it's just completely, completely covered. Just for a few minutes tonight, I want to encourage us to see things. I want to encourage us to see things from behind the shovel. And here's what I mean uh, by that. Uh, uh, according to the writer of Proverbs in the Bible, this doesn't take a lot of imagination uh, for you and I to get there because it says in uh, Proverbs uh, 18.21 that the tongue has power to bring life or death. And what's that mean? Well, what it means is that the words that we say, the things that we uh, say with our mouths, with our lips, with our tongue, uh, the, things that we, the things that we speak are either bringing life and they're bringing hope, or they're, or, or they're speeding up the process of death and bringing it more quickly. John says it like this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. He says, Dear children, uh, let us not merely say that we love each other, but let us show the truth by our actions. And so here's what I'm driving at tonight. If we're going to look at this from the perspective of behind the shovel, we say that we love our friends. Right? I don't think there's a person here tonight that would go, you know, there's some people you don't love, right? But you wouldn't say, oh yeah, here's my list of top five friends and I don't love any of them. No, you wouldn't say that. You would step back and go, hey, I love my friends. We say that we care about our friends. We say that we have their backs. We say that if something goes down, then we're going to be there for them. We say that these are the people that we go to bat for. We say that these are the people, that these are my boys, this is my crew, this is my squad. Fill in the blank of whatever term you're using. These are my people. These are the people that I am with and are with me through thick and thin. And in the midst, listen you guys, in the midst of all of those well-intentioned words, sometimes our actions communicate something very different than what we say. We know all of the right things to do. We know all of the right things to think. We even know all of the right things to say to our friends about how much we care, about how much we love them, about how important they are to us and how great they are and how we'll be with them no matter what. We know all of those things, yet in the midst of that, sometimes by the way that we live our lives, What we're really doing is throwing another shovel full of dirt on top of their grave. Perhaps that's really what we're doing with our actions. 
And in the midst of our friends fighting for their lives, in the midst of our friends being trapped and feeling suffocated, and yes, they're upright, and you've really got to look, you've really got to look intently to see this, but in the midst of them walking around upright, they are struggling for life. And we say that we love them, and we say that we care, and then we pick up the shovel, and we throw some more dirt on the top. And then we think things like this. I thought about this, and listen, this is me, right? Like, I'm, I appreciated Kaylee. I appreciated your words earlier, but you know what? It's so funny because uh, sometimes in the middle of me speaking, honestly, this happens. This happens a lot in the middle of me speaking. Um, it, I don't pause outwardly, but inside I come out of my body almost, right? And I, like, I zoom back and I can see myself, and God's looking at me going, are you kidding me right now? Are you listening to your are you even listening to yourself, Andy? Went to the store this morning to pick up dirt for youth, right? It's gonna be a good night when you stop at Lowe's to pick up dirt. And so I go outside, there's nobody out in the lawn and garden section, right? Like it's cold, right? It's outdoors. And I go out there, and a guy sees me. He's like one employee out there. He's like, hey, man, what can I help you with? I said, I need some dirt. <laughs> so I said, and he said, okay. And he's like, right back here. And we started walking. As we're walking along, uh, I said, and I wanted to, like, be clear because I knew he was going to try to sell me dirt, you know. But I wanted to be clear, like, what I was using the dirt for. Like, I don't need quality dirt. Like, it sounds stupid, but, like, if you... You guys are like, dirt's dirt. It's not dirt. Okay, there's different levels of dirt, right? And I knew he was going to try to upsell me on the dirt. And I'm like, don't upsell me, buddy. Don't upsell me. So I say to him, I said, hey, man, I'm trying to figure out how to broach this subject. But isn't this funny? I'm figuring out how to broach the subject of what I'm doing about an object lesson, about telling people about Christ, and I'm uncomfortable telling the salesman why I'm buying dirt. I mean, think about this for a minute. This is one of those moments where, where I froze as I was walking. I was still walking, but like I froze and I came out of my body and God was looking at me and he was like, are you kidding me right now? He said, what's the dirt for? It was like God just took a softball and was like, and just threw it up. And I was like, oh, that's big, you know? <laughs> and I like started to like swing. And, and, and I said, well, it's, a, it's an object lesson. I work with middle school and high school students and I stopped and I looked at him and I said, I work with middle school and high school students and I'm talking to them about this concept of all of their friends being buried alive and how people don't know Jesus Christ and they really need to know him in their lives. I figured, I'm in now. And he stood there for a minute and he said, okay. <laughs> this is what we think though, you guys. Here's what we think. When we think about all of our friends and all of the things that we know we should say and we know what we should do, but yet we don't do it and we just kind of keep throwing dirt on their grave, we think things like, well, my friends know that I'm a Christian. My friends know that I go to church. And so here's the deal. Uh, you know, I know my, my friends know that I go to church and they know I'm a Christian or however you say that. And they'll ask me questions. They, they know they can ask me questions if they have questions. They know that. I've never, um, let me, I, now that I think about it, I've never said that to them. But they know. They know that I know that they know that if I know, they know. We all know. And that's what we do. 
And we kind of step back and we think those things. We think, we think, hey, they know, and if they have questions, they'll come to me. Listen, I want you to understand this. If your friends do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and the end of their life comes, listen to me, they are going to spend, according to the Scripture, an eternity in hell away and apart from God. That's what the Scripture says. And some of us tonight are like, okay, man, let's just, let's just dial it back on the hell thing. Guys, we can't, we can't dial it back. Because the reality is that God is real. And heaven is a real place. And the devil is real. And hell is a real place. And see, we step back and we ignore that and we ignore passages like it says in John 10.10 where Jesus himself says, like this is one of those passages where people are like, I don't know how to interpret that. Listen, this is what Jesus says. He says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But then he says this, but I have come to bring you life and life to the full. I mean, we hear that. We hear that and we step back and we're like, well, I don't really know how to interpret that. Listen, I'll tell you how to interpret that. How you interpret that is that the devil's number one objective is to keep you and your friends trapped in the crate. His number one goal is to keep you in there. Now listen, he wants to convince you and he wants to convince your friends and he wants to convince you that your friends are okay because on the outside, everybody's walking around with a smile on their face, but the reality is they are struggling for life. That's the truth of the scripture. And in the midst of our friends struggling for life, I mean, just get this image in your minds that you can hear them beating on the inside of the coffin. You can hear them beating and you can see all of the hopelessness slipping from their minds. In the midst of all of that, in the midst of all the things that you know that they deal with, because if we're honest with ourselves, we know that our friends struggle. If we're honest with ourselves, we know that our friends don't know who Jesus is. And in the midst of all of that, we spend some time talking about sports. Or we talk about social media. Or we talk about some funny meme that we saw. Or we talk about what assignment is due when or who likes who. Or what movie's coming out next week. Listen, listen to this. We spend way too much time talking about stuff that matters so little. We spend way too much time talking about stuff that matters so little when what's at stake, what's at stake is far greater than we could ever imagine. And I know this sounds intense and some of you are like, hey man, this is getting a little over the top. But allow me to suggest to you tonight Well, I'm going to suggest to you that if all you ever talk about with your friends are sports and memes and Netflix, if that's all you ever talk about with your friends as a Christ follower, if that's, this is for all, this is for myself, this is for me and the Lowe's guy. And I don't even know that man. But here's the reality. If all I ever talk to the Lowe's guy about is dirt, 
If all you ever talk to your friends about is sports and memes and Netflix and movies and who likes who, if that's all you ever talk about, you are contributing. I am contributing to another shovelful of dirt on top of their graves. We're responsible for that. Because we have the answer. We have the answer. We have the knowledge We have been given and blessed with the ability to see in ways that they do not see. And we just hold it to ourselves. You guys, I want to challenge you tonight to think about the perspective of your life from behind the shovel. Are you adding another shovel full? Are you seeking freedom for your friends? You guys, we have to speak up. We have to stand out. We have to speak out. We have, listen, we have to be consistent with what we say we believe and how we live our lives. Father God, I give you thanks for this night. And God, I give you thanks for your goodness and your faithfulness. God, I give you thanks that the truth of your word, God, we come to some realization tonight that our friends are trapped that our friends are being buried alive in hopelessness and sin and confusion and questions. And God, I thank you and I praise you, God, that we have the answers. God, we know the way. We know where the sledgehammer is, God. We know where the pry bar is, God. We know that we can bust apart that grave, not in our own self, God. We're not saving them, God, but we have the answer and you are the answer. So God, I pray for boldness tonight. I pray that as we go into our connect groups, God, that these students would would have a Holy Spirit moment hearing from you about what you're calling them to and who you're calling them to reach out to. God, forgive me for talking about sports and social media and funny memes and Netflix series, God, when there is something so much greater that I should be speaking to those that I love who do not know you. God, I love you. God, we praise you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hoove It or Lose It podcast. For more information or resources, visit www.hooveitorloseit.com or on Facebook at Hoove It or Lose It.